Welcome to another episode of the Luke Humphrey Running Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Humphrey, and our mission is to help you maximize your training through a blend of science and practicability. So let's get going. All right, welcome back. It's Luke, and you are listening to the Comfy Running Podcast. Thank you very much. And this week, we are going to talk about workout variables in more specific terms, uh, recovery jogs for your your speed workouts. And so we've been doing the 5K coaching group, which is uh, going to be wrapping up at the end of November. But uh, we've had a lot of discussion about uh, recovery times and ways to manipulate your workouts, get more out of your workouts, and what appropriate uh, recovery time should be given your uh, what you're what you're trying to do. And so uh, you know, so this piggybacks on, on that, but also last week, how I was talking about uh, the big data in that article from Podium Runner. Um, if you haven't checked that out, please do so. But it really looked at, it really told us about training for the mid-packer and what they said was optimal for the mid-packer, although I don't, you know, I, well, you can just listen to my thoughts on that. Um, but I also chimed in about how I felt that uh, Hanson's marathon method style of marathon training fit in. And the reality is that the vast majority of people undertrain for the marathon. And when I say undertrain, I am referring to um, training volume. And if you're a mid-packer, running 30 to 40 miles per week, then my guess is that involves a lot of weekend running and then a few runs scattered across the other five days of the week. But if you are a mid-packer looking to elevate your game, then I would encourage you to read my book, Hanson's Marathon Method. Uh, I have it linked in the post. Um, But of course, you can find it on Amazon and all those other glorious websites. But uh, um, I think the audiobook too, audio version, Kindle version, whatever you need, whatever you need, we got you. Um, but this, uh, this plan will bump up your mileage and give you a new threshold in training for marathon break views. And so I also linked to another post um, describing how to, do, how to find the right plan to fit you. So you might want to check that out as well. All right, so uh, following a more structured plan will do a lot for the regular runner, especially if in the 345 plus range for the marathon. However, that is not what this post is about. I want to talk about if uh, people have been following the plan, whether it's my plan, uh, one of my plans, Kevin and Keith's uh, Hanson's Marathon Method plans, uh, whatever you've done. But if you've reached a plateau, essentially, and you're looking for a way to break through that and adding more weekly volume isn't really going to be an option, um, there's got to be another way. We got to figure out how to maximize what we're get at, getting out of our existing workouts and our current volume. And luckily, there are ways to do this. Uh, one of them is the recovery times for our repeat workouts. And uh, originally, I was going to talk about speed and the strength workouts, which are which are in the uh, Hanson's Marathon Method plans. But I realized that that was a lot of information. And so today, we'll just stick with speed workouts, and then I'll come back and hit strength workouts at another time. Uh, If you are following the plans, uh, the classic plans, you have speed workouts. You basically have speed, strength, tempo, and long runs, and speed and strength are the true kind of repeat style of workouts. Um, And so today we're talking about the speed, which is really given in 5K to 10K pace, and they're done over the first several weeks 
of the advanced marathon plan and after a couple weeks easy in the beginner plan uh, you'll jump into doing speed workouts as well um, but i fully recognize that 5 to 10k pace is not true speed work for you speed lovers out there you 5k and 10k specialists right i know that you will do speed work at much faster pace but this is relative to what we are going to be racing and so it is more than plenty given our situation so when i prescribe i tend to even prescribe at 10k pace but i know that many of you will go with the faster end of the spectrum given the option and what happens though when we do this if we if we're saying 5k to 10k pace uh, that ends up being a wide range of paces and so the standard recovery given may not fit all of our needs and so the first thing I want to do is look at 5k pace so th this effort is going to be at an intensity near your vo2 max for the faster runners while for say if you're a 25 to 30 minute 10k runner it's going to be closer to what is called your critical velocity um, and this is this vo2 max is a pace you can hold for up to eight minutes so if you're say a 15 minute 5k runner you're pretty darn quick um, even then you're not quite at vo2 max you can be slightly under vo2 max however um, as from a physiological standpoint you are definitely stimulating vo2 max development and so that's what we're talking about when, when we're talking about this stuff um, critical velocity pace on the other hand is a pace that you can hold all out for about 30 minutes and so that's a big difference right you're going from eight minutes to 30 minutes and what you can hold on to um, and the intensity level that's going to feel significantly different for different people um, so to further complicate this if we add 10k pace then we're depend depending on the runner you might be starting out uh, at cv pace thir that 30 minute threshold type of range if you're a faster much faster runner but if you're a 10 minute miler that's your 10k pace um, then you're talking about being a lot closer to your lactate threshold and this lactate threshold is about the pace you can hold for roughly uh, an hour or so so for you know some people has 10k pace for the world's best half marathoners that's pretty close to half marathon pace so um, big big differences there but it complicates the ideal recovery time and that's the bottom line is that you have a lot of different thresholds there and with that comes a lot of different ideal um, looks at recovery uh, distances and durations so you might be asking, what does the book say? And I will tell you what the book says. Uh, for speed, you have three miles worth of fast work ranging from 12 by 400 meters all the way up to three times one mile. And the recovery is going to be 400 to 800 meters depending on the length of the repeats. But obviously for 400s, recovery is gonna be shorter. For the mile, it's gonna be longer. So you're gonna, the recovery will increase as the distance increases once you get past like 800 meters. All right, so depending on uh, the length of repeats, like I just said, you'll have different varying repeat uh, uh, recoveries. So when you set the recovery to distance, in this case, we're talking about a range of 400 to 800 meters, then you take out a major factor, which is the time that that distance is covered. So while it might be the right amount of time for some, you also have it being too much or too little for others. And so that can create a problem. So depend, especially when you throw in, if somebody's running, you know, 5K versus 10K pace. Um, but uh, it, the thing with this is I, 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 when you're creating a plan, like if you're reading the books, the books plans, um, you're, it's meant to fit a wide spectrum of people. 
And so things aren't going to fit perfect for everyone. And luckily, it doesn't have to be perfect in that situation. Um, and so I don't want you to think that I am knocking the plans. I think the plans are absolutely amazing. Um, this is simply to show you how you can individualize a general plan and fit much more specifically to your needs while keeping the integrity of the plans and the philosophy fully intact, right? So this is just a way to show you how to customize after you've gone through the ropes a couple times. All right, so there are general rules for recovery and depending on the repeat length and the pace. So for instance, if you are working more of the VO2 max end of the spectrum, then your ratio is one to one, one to 1.5 or one to two, or simply this is the rest to work ratio. If you're running a repeats that take about two minutes, then recovery can be anywhere from an equal two minutes down to one minute. And that's all that ratio is referring to. Personally, I would say if you're pretty if you're pretty fit, I would say that the shorter repeats in the in the, the 400 to 800 meters in distance for the repeats, that your recovery can be in the 1.5 to two range. So a shorter recovery. The longer the repeat, the more recovery and close to a one-to-one -one ratio. So if you're running, uh, let's say, miles and you're running at seven minutes, you probably want to be closer to seven minutes in recovery because it's going to be pretty intense based on the amount of volume um, and the, the length of each repeat. So you're going to want to recover from that more. And you're going to be at that recovery, or I'm sorry, you're going to be at that repeat for a lot longer time, and this will make sense in a minute, um, but you'll spend actually more time at your VO2 max. So it's a, it's a, it's a much harder stimulus in a, in a number of ways. Um, all right, so the reasoning is that if, if it takes 90 to 120 seconds to reach VO2 max per repeat, so every time you start a repeat, it's going to take up to two minutes to reach that VO2 max. And so if you're doing 800s with a long rest, then you are spending more time reaching VO2 max, maybe close to the full repeat, just to get to the stimulus, you, just to get to the stimulus you want, not even spend any significant amount of time at that stimulus. And so that's what it comes down to, is accumulating time at the desired intensity, in this case being VO2 max. So um, if you're spending three minutes per repeat and 90 seconds to a minute 20 is spent getting to that you don't want to have to be at that full 120 seconds every time right you want to shorten up the recovery enough where you can spend you can maximize the time you spend at vo2 max so that's the that's the basic premise of all this you want to run hard but you want the recovery to be balanced between being short enough to maximize time spent at a desired level but not so short that you can't sustain the pace. Because then, if you if you kind of if you go out and you and you fade on the workout, then you're not spending any time at VO2 max either. You just ran too hard and got tired, and then you completely messed the workout. So you want to make these as efficient as possible, right? All right. So if you're on the LT side of things, then we can approach recovery differently. Since intensity is less, recovery can be less. Think of it this way: we are moving away from an intensity that you can sustain for you know, maybe 15 to 30 minutes, we're moving away from that to a pace that can be sustained for about an hour. So imagine going out at 5k pace for a half marathon. That's a totally different situation. You know, you can't, you can't tolerate it, right? You're going to have to slow down. But in any case, the recovery I always see in these types of workouts is 90 to 120 seconds per LT repeat. 
But in our case, shorter repeats like 400s or 600s, maybe even 800s, don't need to be uh, at that full 90 to 120 seconds. I think these can be 45 to 60 seconds per repeat. So I'd say anything under three minutes uh, it, it can be util that can be utilized. And if we're referring to ratios like we did for the VO2 max side of things, I'd say keep things at a one to three to one to four ratio for LT repeats. So if you're doing a four minute repeat, you can do say uh, um, a one minute uh, recovery, right? And then bump that up or down depending on where you're, where you're at. And the reasoning is, again, it comes down to accumulating time at the desired intensity. So if you were running, say, 1K repeats, and you were doing these at four minutes a pop, and you were taking a four-minute recovery, then you would essentially be starting from scratch every repeat and severely limiting the amount of time you spent at the desired intensity. So if we did five by 1K at that pace, that four minutes, that's 20 minutes of workout, of hard running. How much of that time was really spent at or near LT? 10, 12, 14 minutes? You know, I don't really know. We'd have to look at your, your data. But it's not going to be 20 minutes. I'll tell you that right now. It's not going to be significantly less than that. Now, if we shorten the recovery, you spend less time getting back to LT, but you're recovered enough to get to a place where you can continue the paces and maybe out of that 20 minutes of hard running, maybe we bump that up to 16, 18, maybe even slightly more than 18 minutes at our desired intensity. That's a lot more bang for our buck, right? That's, that's a huge return on efficiency, I guess you would say. Um, and not only do we increase the efficiency of the workout, you actually decrease the amount of time needed for the workout because you're recovering less. So if you take that four-minute recovery and you knock that down to, say, two minutes, two times five, that's a 10 minute, that's a 10 minute savings right there, right? So that might not seem like a lot, but if you're waking up at 4.30, this maybe means you can get up at 4.40 or you can actually have breakfast <laughs> or get this, you might even actually be able to stretch after your workout. No, you're not gonna stretch. Yeah, I didn't think so. <laughs> Nobody's kidding. Nobody's kidding anybody, right? We're not going to stretch. So I'm just kidding. But you know what I mean? Like 10 minutes can be very beneficial in the real world, right? All right. So I know what you're thinking. Coach, that sounds great. But how do you know when you're in the right time frame? And the easiest way is obviously just can you still maintain the pacing, right? And so this may be true for both the fast repeat and the jog interval. Uh, if your jog repeats fall off a little bit during the VO2 max efforts, that's one thing. I mean, I'm asking you to run pretty darn hard. And so if your, your jogs get a little slower, but you're still keeping the time frame and your, um, and your fast efforts are maintaining the same pace, you're okay. Um, but if you are more on the LT side of things, then not only should your fast intensity stay the same, but your recovery intensity should stay this, pretty much the same throughout the workout. Um, the, the repeat intensity is low enough since we're down to LT and the distance is short enough that your recovery jog shouldn't really totally fall off a cliff by the time you get to the last couple, the last couple repeats. That's the big thing. So if you're looking back at your data, you upload your, you upload your stuff into Strava or into Final Surge, whatever you use, and you're looking at that and you just see maybe your heart rate's getting way out of control, recovery time slowing down, and then you fall off the last couple um, repeats, 
it's too much, right? You've got to, we've got to adjust some of those variables back to what they were. And so maybe you don't go all the way back to the, the full, but maybe you go somewhere in between the one you just tried and the original, you know, and it's some try, it might be some trial and error, but that's the beauty of beauty of this, right? We can experiment and customize and individualize to what's going to fit us specifically. All right. So to reiterate these suggestions of adjusting recovery times, uh, they're not, they're not a must-have for everyone by any means. And, and honestly, if you're new to the HMM style, then I'll warn you, it's not a cakewalk plan, and there's no need to make it tougher than it already is. You'll already see so much improvement from it as written. So don't, you don't, this is, to, this is future information. This is for your memory bank, as my old man would say. And you put that in your, you put that in the memory bank, you put that in your notes file, and then as you progress as a runner, this is one of the things in your toolbox to, to uh, pull out and use to adjust to specific, specifically adjust for your needs. But right now, if you're new to the plan and it's a big jump in what you've already done, uh, don't make it harder than it needs to be. Can't say that enough. But if you're an old pro, you've done the you've done the schedules a few times. You need to shake things up a little bit. This is a simple way to do it without adding more volume or adding more workouts. Uh, it's a great great way to break through. Uh, a plateau if you've kind of leveled off in performance. All right, so lastly, just some technical things. If you want, if you have the plan, or really any plan of mine in Final Surge, and you're using the structured workouts, and you can easily adjust the recovery times of your workout. So, you know, if you bought a plan that I built for uh, for different people, which we have over 200 plans ranging from, you know, 5K to ultras. Uh, there's a lot of stuff to choose from. But again, you're, you're trying to fit a plan to meet the needs of a lot of people. But in this case, you can adjust that very, very easily. All you need to do is log into Final Surge, go to the beta platform, your calendar will pop up, select the day you want to adjust, uh, and then click the workout builder, go to edit under the three dots, and, and at, just go in and your workout, the workout structure will pop up, how it's going to be downloaded into your Garmin Connect. And all you need to do is find your recoveries um, in, the, in the intervals, and you can either change the distance. So if it's a 400 jog and you want to change it to a 200 jog or a 300 jog, just retype what you want to do. Uh, or you can you can change the variable altogether and change it to time, and change it to whatever time you want to to fit your needs specifically. Save it, and then you can sync it back to your Garmin Connect, and you'll be good to go. And then when you have it, it's in your watch. You're ready to rock and roll. All right, so next time we will talk about strength workouts and recovery times. So um, strength workouts definitely fit different people um, in different ways, um, depending on where you're at with, uh, with running. And so we'll cover that and what, what you can do to adjust that to make it more specific to you. So uh, make sure you check out our plans on Final Surge. I'd be greatly appreciative of that. Like I said, we have... I think over 200 plans for a lot of different distances and it's all based on the volume you want to reach peak at and how much time you have, you know, so eight weeks, 12 weeks, 14 weeks, whatever the case is, um, lots of ways to build out your segment or even your training year. Uh, hopefully your 2021, you actually get to do some races. So hopefully we can do that for you. Um, but if you like our content, you want to help support, please consider becoming a Patreon. I'll link final search and Patreon in the notes. Um, if anything, please, please, please share this far and wide. Help me spread the word. 
boost our boost our views. Um, if you're if you're not subscribed to our podcast on the multiple channels available, please subscribe. Helps us uh, get boosted a little bit. But uh, in any case, I appreciate you listening. Hopefully, this helps you out a little bit and gives you some uh, some things to take with you. All right, take care. We'll talk to you next time. All right, bye bye. Thanks for listening to the Luke Humphrey Running Podcast with your host, Luke Humphrey. If you like our show and want to learn more, please visit us at www.lukehumphreyrunning.com for blogs, podcasts, coaching, and training options. See you next time.